Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there. You're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On the show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. Good morning, guys. Um, At the time I'm recording this, it is like nine o'clock in the morning and I've done my little self-care routine. And so I wanted to share something that has been on my mind lately. I haven't really talked about it before now, but I think maybe there are some interesting insights that I can share that might be helpful. And I want to give a disclaimer. I am not perfect. I, I don't ever pretend to be perfect. I certainly make mistakes. I'm human. And I'm also fairly young. So this is more so just an opportunity to like discuss where I'm at right now. And maybe y'all can relate to that. So one of the biggest things that I've been dealing with is like how to spend my money. You know, like I'm in my mid-20s. So I feel like at this point in my life, I don't feel the need to do too much because honestly we're all still in the process of building our careers and figuring out what we want it's not like you can just like do whatever you want and most of the people that I know live with their parents like pretty much everyone my age lives with their parents except for like one other person and there's nothing wrong with that I think if you have the ability to live with your parents because your parents are not like, you know, toxic and you can save up more money and you can commute to work and have opportunities, then I highly suggest you do that. I have friends who envy the life that I have and they say, oh, you know, I live with my parents. I just don't have the freedom to do what I want. And I feel so far behind in life. So when they see someone like me living on their own, having a relationship, like being able to have my boyfriend come over and spend the night or just do whatever I want, they are like a little bit envious of that. And I always tell them that with more freedom comes more responsibility, right? And that's not what they tell you as an adult. They don't tell you that if you want to be your own boss, it costs to be that boss. If you want to, you know, live life as you please, well then you have to understand it comes with certain responsibilities. Um, And, you know, the older I get, too, I feel like there's so much pressure to maintain. Because anybody can just get something, but not everyone can afford the expenses of maintaining it. And I feel like the life that I have, I have to maintain. And so in my 20s, I think my mindset has been so far, it's cheaper to stay at a certain level and live within my means, like even well below my means, so that one day I can actually elevate. And so what does this mean for me, right? This really means that like, I live in an area that's not really that desirable. And I don't mean like the hood, right? I just mean because I live in the Midwest. (laughs) It's, It's kind of rural. 
I'm more so saying I live in a rural area where there's not like a, a nightlife for real. Like most of the young people here are married before 30, before 25 even. Um, there's a certain mentality here, but since it's more rural, it's super cheap. Like rent, you know, in my area can still be anywhere from 500 to $800 a month, which is unheard of in most parts of the country. And uh, I try to keep that into perspective. Now, a lot of my friends, they'll be like, oh my God, I could never live there. Oh my gosh, there's not much you can do. And it is kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it's, it's not terrible, but it's, it's, it's not great. So think of like small town USA, like Smallville or something, where there's nothing going on. It's just a bunch of cows. There's like a local high school and the kids just get into trouble because there's nothing to do. I would not say my city is that bad, but I would say we have like the basic amenities, like a mall and a movie theater and a lot of chain restaurants and, and, and the basic stores, right? Now, that doesn't mean that there's a ton of options. That just means that if you want chain food, you can get chain food. There's not a lot of diversity from a food perspective. Um, and that's just what it is. Um, but there's pros and cons to everything in life, including where you choose to live. So for what I'm paying, it's a steal. For the life that I live and the freedom that I, I have, it's a steal. And although I want to move desperately and my friends are like, oh my God, you should move, you should move, you should move. Most of my friends are upper, upper middle class. So their their thoughts are, I can just move out the house when I get make a certain money, make a certain amount of money a year and my parents will help me out if I get in trouble, you know, or if, if I need to be bailed out. I don't have that option. Even with my $800 rent, you'd be surprised how I would have no support financially, like none, y'all, zero. So if I were to pay more than double in rent, that would impact a lot of things. Like I'd have to be very financially stable and secure, and I'd have to be at a certain income. And I think because the fact that I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario and thinking about and overestimating how much money I'll need, it keeps me from spending money I don't actually have. So for example, if I only make like 95,000 to 100,000 a year, I could afford reasonably $1,500 rent. Totally fine. Do I wanna pay that? No, because I know cost of living is not just, you know, living, meaning having a roof over your head and utilities. It's also all the associated fees, it's the traffic, um, does your city even have good transportation? How much does food cost in that area? Insurance, I need to save and invest my money. Um, and I need to be putting aside at least two grand a month just in savings or just in like a, a retirement account. You know, you want to pay yourself first and you have to do it at a high rate when you're young. So when you start acquiring more responsibilities in your like 30s and 40s, you don't have to contribute as much because like money has a compounding effect. So that's my goal to put aside $2,000 a month just on savings and investments. Most people don't think like that, but I do. I'm young. Time is on my side. I can live cheap, live broke, and nobody would judge me. When you're living like this in your 30s and 40s, then it'd be different. Now, I'm also saying this knowing that I don't live badly at all. Like, 
<laughs> let's just say you could ask my friends like my apartment is pretty nice <laughs> all things considered like it's it got everything it needs it just don't it just don't have the stainless steel refrigerator scenario no I live a very middle class life you know what I mean very middle class but I try to practice gratitude you know it's not aesthetically pleasing in terms of like the stainless steel you know appliances and like ooh the fancy fixtures but like it's a regular degular person apartment and it's just not great for content but it has everything I need and it's more than functional and I don't have problems. So can you really talk down on that? No, you can't. And there was a point where I had to touch some grass and be like, girl, you feel like you're struggling. You feel like you're down and out, like you're really hating on yourself, but you're comparing yourself to like influencers. And it's like that lifestyle creep slowly sneaks up on you because it's like, oh, well, so-and-so influencer is doing this. And it's like, before you know it, that becomes your standard. Like the standard now is stainless steel appliances and luxury apartments, sky views. Like that's your standard now. Like be so serious. Like y'all are so unserious. Like the average person doesn't live like that. So I've had to practice extreme gratitude and be like, girl, you got to unplug. Otherwise that lifestyle creep is going to hit you and you're going to start spending money that you don't have to spend doing things that nobody told you to do and then complaining about it later. And like I said, sometimes it is hard for my friends to relate to me because their reality is very much mommy and daddy got it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like if your parents are really that financially supportive of you and whatever, that's totally great. Mine are not. So (laughs) I have to think in five different directions about what I spend my time on. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of, you know, where I'm at mentally, And what keeps me from spending a lot of money sometimes is thinking about when the things that you buy, you have to maintain. And sometimes, right, the money that you spend up front on something pales in comparison to the expenses that you're going to recoup. So it's easy to be like, I could just spend five hours a day on TikTok scrolling because I work from home or which sounds terrible. I don't spend five hours a day scrolling on TikTok. That's just a random thing to say. Please don't. If you are listening to this and you happen to work with me, I do not do this. <laughs> I just want to emphasize. <laughs> but anyway, um, or, you know, if I just go order DoorDash every week, once a week, just once. Right. If I spend money on clothes every paycheck, it seems OK. Right. Sign up for a car that I had to get a loan for. It's not that bad. Right. No, it is because you have to recoup the expenses that come with that. And it may not happen all up front, but over time, it'll grow and it'll grow and it'll grow. And then you'll look back and be like, oh, no, this has a compounding effect. A a good example of this that I heard was like, say that you have five million counterfeit dollars and only one real American dollar. You got that five million, so it's 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 true it's not a real dollar, but some people may be fooled into believing that it is because it may look that real, and so you'll spin it up, spin it up, spin it up. But then one day it's gonna be time to collect. One day someone's gonna realize that you spent 1.3 million in fake counterfeit dollars, and they're gonna be like, You are going to jail and you're gonna pay this back. But you only have the one U.S. dollar. 
right? That one US dollar can't really even get you a cup of ramen in America. (laughs) So it's like really sad the way inflation works, but that actually helps to prove my point even further. It's like a lot of people in society are choosing the 5 million fake counterfeit dollars that don't have any value because it's easier to fool people into thinking you got it. But then one day you're going to have to recoup those expenses and it's going to hit all at once. And then you're going to be left with egg on your face. And we're seeing this across our entire society where like people are spending money they don't have, you know, getting homes they can't afford, cars they can't afford to buy outright. Um, People buy everything on credit and they don't own anything anymore. No one really owns stuff anymore. And it's not necessarily our fault because things are super expensive, but I think it's because things are so expensive that you need to think about the fact that you can't afford much. And, you know, I think this can sometimes translate to me getting in bad habits and saying, oh, you know, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. I'm not broke most of the time. I'm not broke, right? Um, I have a job and whatever, whatever. But I do think that my mindset is very much, I'm broken until I'm wealthy, period. If I'm not making like 30K a month, I'm broke. That's my mindset. Like you can't afford to do anything. Like you need to scrimp and save and live very cheaply because time is on your side. But also one day you're going to wake up and be like, oh no, I haven't done anything with my life. And if you haven't done anything with your life and you're 35, but you got like a really good nest egg, then you're in a better position than 90% of Americans. Now, if you're 35 and you haven't done anything with your life and you didn't put yourself first and invest in yourself, you turn around and you're like, oh no, I have to start all over and do this self-actualization and I'm broke and time is not on my side from an investing standpoint. That's not a good situation to be in, right? And this is no, not meant to shame or, or embarrass anyone who finds themselves in that position. I'm just saying the reality is the reality. Um, so... I've talked a little bit about mindset. I've talked about, you know, what mindset keeps me from spending so much. Well, then what do I spend money on? I mean, if you live so cheaply and you don't really spend money that you could be spending, what do you spend it on? Great question. So one thing that I have found that is worth the money is an experience. And as bougie as this sounds, hear me out. Life is the sum of the quality of your experiences. So if I know that I want to be a certain kind of person, I need to invest in certain experiences. Um, And it could be beneficial for my personal development and growth or for my career or both. So if I'm in sales, which I'm not, but if I was, if I was in sales, then a worthwhile investment would be a country club membership or you know, taking golf lessons. You want to know why? Because in order to close deals, if you become an account executive, it could be really helpful to to participate in golf, like know how to golf, be able to socialize and get yourself familiar with that environment. That would be a really good investment of your time. Yes, it costs money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's actually helpful for you as a skill to know at least the basics of golf. Going to golf tournaments could help from a social aspect because people do business on golf courses all the time. Say you are someone who wants to make some passive income. It could be helpful 
to once you've determined what skill that you want to master, it could be helpful to pay someone to help teach you that. Now, some people think a course is a good investment. I would actually caution against that. I don't buy courses because 90% of people don't finish the courses that they buy. And it doesn't even matter how expensive the course is for real. People just need accountability to change their life. And so you may have this moment of like, I need to change my life. Let me buy a course. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then you don't follow through with it because things happen and life gets busy and you drop off. And course creators know this. So when they make all this money, they're not saying that people have actually finished the course. They're just saying that so many people have bought it and see value in what they have created. So I would say like coaches are often the best way to really, you know, get a, a high return on investment. As long as you get the right one. It's, it's a huge industry. So there's a lot of scam artists out there, but there's also plenty of people who actually, you know, have corporate experience, who have these skills and they've built you know, a sustainable business for themselves before they even became a coach. That's very common. So I'm just saying, like, if you want to, you know, get a different skill set, change your life, you you might have to pay to be around someone who thinks differently than you because they make way more money than you and they've mastered what it is you're trying to learn. Just being around them can change your mindset and ultimately that will reflect in your bank account. I mean, I know y'all may not believe this because there's so much that's inflated about coaches on social media, but there's like a lot of really, really good people who live that life for real and they just be offering their services and they don't really have that many followers on social media. That's how you know they're good at their job because they're giving you actual advice that doesn't go viral most of the time. (laughs) I'm just saying. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, if if I'm going to invest in something, it's going to be an experience. Now, For 2023, I've decided to invest in traveling because I think I am in my mid-20s and I still haven't really traveled abroad as much. So that's my goal. Um, I did some domestic travel in 2022 because it was cheaper. I could afford to do it without too much issue. But next year, I want to travel abroad and I'm going through travel agencies who can plan the trip and it's like a group trip. So it's like me with a bunch of strangers going out. I think that would actually be really fun and it'll be a way to challenge myself and and grow as a person. So after I do some traveling in 2023, which y'all will get content for it as long as TikTok isn't banned. So maybe on Instagram, I don't know. I'm going to have to start cross-posting on on Instagram too. But anyway, yeah, um I would definitely say that travel is a huge priority because it's an experience that is worthwhile to me. Um, for personal growth. And for context, I did not get a passport until like this year. I had never ridden an airplane until I was 23 and I moved to the state I live in now. So when I say personal development, I really mean that. It's a good way to expand your horizons and really shift your perspective by interacting with different people and different cultures and eating different foods. And I've always been kind of like open-minded and and had a strong desire to travel. So this is like a huge deal for me from a life like standpoint, like the, in the, in the grand scheme of my life, I want to be well-traveled. I want to travel so many different places and, and not just like Instagrammable places like Tulum. I mean, like 
all around the world, like Amsterdam, Morocco, just, I just want to go everywhere, anywhere I can, South Korea, Japan, anywhere. So I'm planning some travel for next year. Look forward to some content on that. If things go the way that I want them to globally, in terms of like global politics and COVID travel and stuff like that, that's the kind of stuff you can't predict. But yeah, those are the sorts of things I do plan on investing in. Um, Outside of that, obviously you want to, you know, save your money, but I don't really have a traditional savings account. I think I have like a high yield savings um, through Wealthfront. And then there's also a really good high, um, high yield savings account through Ally, I think, but I haven't opened an Ally account yet. Ally Bank is pretty cool. I like Ally. But yeah, um, so I highly recommend um, to get a high yield savings for short term, short term savings. So if you're like saving for, I don't know, like a trip, then sure. Or maybe something within the next three years. Sure. But longer term, give your money a chance to grow and and basically combat inflation because inflation is crazy right now. So if your money is just sitting in a basic savings account, it's not really working for you in the way that you would like. Just some advice. Um, no, and I don't invest in crypto. I, I don't really like as someone who enjoys blockchain and learning about it because it's interesting technology and I want to kind of get involved and learn more about Web3 to, to capitalize off of that as like an early adopter because I didn't really have the chance to do that with blockchain. So if I can get into Web3 or the metaverse as an early adopter, it could be potentially really lucrative for me. But I honestly just don't have the time to fully immerse myself in it. And I don't really invest in cryptocurrencies. I just, I don't know. It's just too speculative. It's, 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 it's and like some people have made a lot of money, but some people, I'm just like, guys, this is a lot. Like, <laughs> this is a lot, guys. I just, you know, I, I appreciate that y'all have developed this skill and you're really good at it and you understand the markets. I don't really understand. And I think I could lose a lot of money investing in something I don't understand. So I'm going to stick to my little index funds and CDs and ETFs and we're going to call it a day. You know, (laughs) I'm super conservative with my investments. I'm not as aggressive as I could be. But anyway, um, so, yeah, I think, you know, look into the future besides travel. The only thing I can really think of that I'm investing in is a hobby. And that is such a privileged thing to say, because I think hobbies are kind of like a wealthy people thing, you know, like you can be a patron of the arts when you have a lot of free time and and disposable income to do that. But I definitely want to be more of a patron of the arts as I get older. Like I would love to, you know, take dance classes again. I grew up taking ballet classes since I was like four or five or something. So, yeah, I, I was you know, doing ballet for years. So I'd like to go back to that in some form. So whether it's like competitive ballroom, which I think would be super fun. I would love, ballroom is just so attractive to me. It's so sensual and it's just so great. Like, I love it. I've always wanted to really dig deep into ballroom and, and maybe compete as an adult. Maybe that, or weirdly enough, I would totally be down for like, something more physical like a like a karate or something because I don't know I've, I've never had the desire but I think it would be fun to learn like self-defense to protect myself I think it's practical um so I don't know I I'm I'm trying to find something just the one thing to commit to and I haven't yet 
but there's pros and cons to both. And I'm just like, I need to take some classes. It could be anything. Also, gymnastics is pretty cool. But I think beyond just learning how to flip, I don't see what my long-term return on investment would be. Like just learning how to flip. I mean, that's okay. I've always wanted to do that. Um, it just depends on the kind of flip because you can do like an aerial and dance. If, you, if, you, if you're like a dancer, you probably learn how to do an aerial. I can do that, but I don't really do flips for real, like actual backflips. So that would be fun. But I think my, my interest would pretty much end there. But, you know, ballroom dancing in general, I just love and I think is so cool. So, yeah, those are the kinds of experiences that I'm interested in investing money into and saving for. Everything else is not important. And I just want to emphasize, too, like I mentioned before that, like, you know, you have to decide where your money goes and understand that when you spend that money, you're going to have to maintain it. So I'm I'm making a conscious effort to focus on one thing, knowing that I can't do it all. So I can't like travel a lot next year and take classes and go skydiving and do this. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. I got to pick something that I care about more and pursue that. So if I have to pick, it'll be travel. And if I travel a lot next year, which is likely may not actually start ballroom next year, may not. We'll see. Um, Just depends on how expensive it is. But yeah, um, I'm just considering this from all angles. And I want to be clear, too, like I can talk like this because I'm not spending the money on makeup and clothes. I don't know who needs to hear this. But looking great can be of use to you. But if you don't have the disposable income to be spending, why are you getting designer makeup and, 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 and perfume and hair and stuff? Like, for what? Like, girl, you work a regular nine to five making 30K a year. You, what do you need a bust down lace front for? Like, you need to be up in your income. I don't know who needs to hear this, but like, you don't need the most expensive foundation to get the job done. You don't need a $200 lace front that's synthetic anyway. Like, you don't need to be buying clothes every paycheck. What you could be spending that money on is, like, something that'll actually help you in life. Maybe some language classes. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, really think about where you're investing your money because it's like, what's the return on investment of that? Like, sure, you'll look cute, I guess, but... I don't know, like, I I don't know how to say this, but I think one thing that has kind of kept me from going too wild with it is that there's nothing wrong with buying things to look nice. I think looking nice is helpful in life, but I also think that y'all take looking nice to me being iced out and dripped down. And there's nothing more of a turnoff than somebody who is like the most stylish person ever and they're wearing all these designer clothes. Like they try to really project a luxurious image but you don't have no assets. That's that's like a red flag to a lot of people. Like, I don't want to see you with Gucci, Louis, a Prada and uh, a, a really, you know, I don't know what, like a 20, 2001 Dodge Charger or something <laughs> with a Gucci belt if like you don't even own a home, you know? Like, if you don't even own a house, then, like, what are you spending your money? Like, where are you spending your money on? And why are you spending your money on it is is the question. Um, And I know people prioritize different things, but I just, I don't know. I haven't really seen a solid um, case for spending money on what you can buy during Black Friday. 
Like if you can purchase it on a discount at Black Friday or a major sale, it may not be worth the investment. At least not up front. It may be something that like you only buy seasonally once a year, twice a year. It may not be something that you really, really need to like just do all the time. Just saying. I, I don't I don't know. Now, one thing that I've seen on social media a lot, which I think is true, but I also think it may be a bit above my pay grade. I've seen people talking about spending money to outsource certain things in their life. So cooking and cleaning are the biggest ones. Now, I'm all for <clears throat> I'm all for making your life simpler if it helps you be more effective. But I think I got to bring it back around to the most obvious. The reason why I haven't hired a housekeeper or someone to help me clean my 600 square foot apartment is that in my eyes, if this not helping me make more money, then why am I spending it? Like think about it. If everything that you do in life could be an opportunity to make some coin, I'm not saying monetize everything in life. I'm just saying you don't want more money leaving than you have coming in. So if I can say that I clean about three hours a week on Sunday, and if those three hours a week can be flipped into time I could be spending with a business, then maybe it's worth it only if I've shown that there's money being made. Like I need to find that I'm making at least another $500 to $1,000 a month so that I can make a profit. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, if it takes me about $500, let's just say $500, right? $500 to pay for a housekeeper, you know, twice a month to make sure my space is still getting clean consistently, even when I have depressive episodes. If that's the case, then that cost has to be justified by me being able to get a profit from it. So if I'm not spending three hours cleaning and somebody else does it for me and it costs like $500 a month, I need to be at least breaking even. I need at the very least be making that money back in terms of my efforts, you know? And that's how I see it. And I haven't really found a way to do that yet. So don't get me wrong. Of course, people will be like, oh, you know, it's worth it. Comfort is worth it. But like comfort is relative to like your social status. Like, can you afford these things? Because you are more effective when you don't have to do those things. If you don't have to cook and clean, how more effective are you in your business world? Like, are you making more money because of it? Or are are you turning a profit? Do the expenses pay for themselves? Like, what does it mean? When you say that you want to pay for comfort, because a lot of y'all are paying to be comfortable, but your life is uncomfortable. Like you're struggling to pay your bills or you're struggling to do this or that. Like you don't have a real savings for real. You don't have like up to a year's worth of all your bills paid up front, you know, and that's the thing. I want to get to the point where my bills are paid so far in advance. I forgot that I paid that bill already. You know, that's what I like to do. I don't know. People don't talk about this, but it is a baller move to be able to pay for six months worth of rent up front and then pay your utilities so far in advance that like you don't ever hear from them and the bills never really do. They just send you a statement just to let you know what it would have costed this month. That's what I used to do, by the way. I used to literally pay my rent like four months in advance and then like put down $500 for electric, my electric and then 300 down for my internet and just have that running. 
until one day I check it and I'm like, oh, let me re-up for another $300. And I pay it up front. And they'll pay you back the difference if at the end of your contract or whatever, you still have money that you have yet to really use. But it's worked for me. It keeps me stress-free. That's something you can do and not have to worry about your bills and have peace of mind. Um, That peace of mind is priceless. I would do that before paying to be quote unquote comfortable, you know, because the comfort to me is security, stability, and like peace of mind. So I don't know. These are just things that I think about um, in terms of like what I can justify spending and what I can't justify spending. And I did not get this from my parents because, you know, a lot of you are like, well, wow, you're so wise. Where did you get this from? I'm learning from people on social media who are millionaires and how they lived broke because their problems is that they lived broke for so long and they invested and saved and got so savvy in business that now that they have the money, they don't want to spend it and they have to change their thoughts and their habits because they're a millionaire now. Like they don't have to scrimp and save anymore and you know, they pay for comfort. That's the kind of problems I have. I want to have the problems of now it's time to act like what you already are because you work so hard. I don't want to have to be in the position to change my mindset and my thoughts and think my way out of poverty. That's not the situation I want to be in because sometimes it ain't even about you manifesting. It's like you literally, your habits keep you broke. Your habits are putting you in scenarios where you're constantly living paycheck to paycheck, asking people for money. And that's what I witnessed. Like when I was younger, my parents, imagine this, your parents are bougie and people think you're rich because they have all these nice clothes and they dress a certain way. But behind closed doors, they're struggling financially like everybody else. And it's like, yeah, looking nice is is good. I think it's important to present yourself in the best way you can, but It shouldn't be that you have clothes in your closet up to the ceiling because you have all these clothes, all these shoes that you don't know what to do with and you can't pay your bills. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that you're working class poor and you have all these designer perfume bottles that cost $80 a pop, $100 a pop. Like, who are you? And this is not even a conversation about not like poor people not being able to look nice. It's not about looking nice at that point. It's like you are clearly getting a dopamine hit from spending money that could have been spent somewhere else. Like you're the working poor. You're getting your hair done twice a week. Not twice a week. Like four times a month, four or five times a month. And like, if that's what you feel is worth the money, fine. But you got to pick. You can't get your hair done at a nail salon or a nail salon. You can't get your hair done at a salon four times a month and buy new clothes every time you get paid. Wear the clothes that you have. If you need a coat, get you a winter coat, babes. It's cold outside. Get a coat. Like, you don't got to freeze, but like, be realistic. And I would see my parents like struggling and it never occurred to them to sell what they had. That's the thing. My mom had you know, so many clothes, y'all, so many clothes. Like she would have these big suitcases full of clothes and she would change out her wardrobe when it got cold, when it was the winter. And I'm like, why are we living like this? You got all these clothes and then you give them away to Goodwill. You could just sell it on Poshmark for some cash and make some money back and, and, and actually make a profit. 
it'll be a fraction of what the clothes were worth, but some of the clothes were really nice and had never been worn for real. Never repeated an outfit. And so that's what bothered me is that that was the, the precedent that had been set for me as a child. That is justifiable to flex and, and always wear a nice outfit and always have people talking about how good you smell, how good you look and whatever. But behind closed doors, you're still struggling to pay your bills. You eating hot dogs. You eating beans of Frank. That don't make sense to me. And then going to constantly going to the fast food places to eat. And like I and and I want to put it and I want to put this into perspective because I'm not trying to hate on anybody. I'm explaining to y'all why I do what I do, why I spend the money that I spend on and spend it on, and like where I'm coming from. Because my standard, right? The the experience that I had as a child and the and the and the lessons that I learned was this is what broke people look like. The brokest of us tend to have the flyest clothes, but they may be eating ramen at home. The brokest of us are so judgmental of other people and look down on others for what they wear, but you have no assets. You don't have a college savings for your kids. You don't have investments at all. You lived your entire life for you after you had kids. And your kids have to work overtime, double time to afford basic things, to level themselves up out of poverty. You know, and a lot of black parents put themselves in this position too, because despite all of these systemic things that are happening, big picture, you didn't want to sacrifice anything more than you had to. And then just assume the next generation was going to be better off. That's not how that works. When you're a parent, you have to give everything to your, in your child in hopes that they will carry the legacy on and do well. Your kid's ability to be successful in life is directly proportionate to what you're willing to, to, to sacrifice now. So sacrifice the designer bag now. Sacrifice those nice things now because you could invest that money into getting your kids after school tutoring. Getting your kids a tutor to learn a, a very important language like Mandarin or Russian or whatever, which they could then pivot into a real career. Instead of focusing on, oh, like... I want to go to the movies all the time. I want to do this. I want to do that. When you really like that's money that you could have been spending at elsewhere. Going to out to eat constantly, going to restaurants constantly. Sacrifice that. So then you can invest that into your child's future. Put it in their, you know, their their 529. So when they go to college, they even they at least have a few thousand, at least that, to help them cover expenses. Every little bit helps. But then you want your black kids to be successful and then take care of you when you're older kind of thing. Like you could have empowered them to start their life in a better position without any debt. But you didn't because you couldn't give up the food. You couldn't give up this lifestyle and this image that you wanted to uphold. And look how that hurt your children. And a lot of black parents are in this position because most people are working poor. Like I used to say that I was middle class. And I realized that that's a lie. When I grew up, I was working poor. My parents were working poor. They weren't making buku money. They weren't even making $150 a year as a couple. $150,000 a year back when it actually meant something because inflation and whatever. So what that means is they were working poor. They had a middle class home, one level, four bedrooms, working class poor. 
we had no business flexing. We had no business going out to eat as much as we were. We had no business doing those things. And I get, you know, you want to make yourself feel better because, you know, life is hard. And like, I think there is a way to do that responsibly to where you are trying to live your life too. You know, you don't want to be that person that's like, oh my God, like you have to, you know, look terrible, scrimp and save, don't do anything for yourself because you're poor. You don't afford nice things. You can't, you can't, you don't deserve nice things. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying all that stuff adds up. If you were going to buy that expensive ass coat, maybe if you're not going to wear it, just sell it. Don't just give it away to Goodwill. And there's a limit to where it's like you're hoarding. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's levels to this. I feel like some people, your parents are just trying to feel good about themselves in the position they were in. But some of us, it's like your parents could have did way better had they had self-control and discipline because they were eating their way out of depression. They were spending their way out of feeling badly about themselves. And it gets to a point where it's like, that's not even justifiable. Like you were doing too much. And like you're wearing your child's future. You're wearing it on your back right now. You're putting it on your face right now. You're eating it right now. Your child's future, your child's future, your child's college fund is in your closet. You know, that, that makes, that makes a difference. So I'm saying all this to say, like when it comes to like why I feel the way that I do about things, it's because I had a really bad example in front of me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to live broke and people and people who know me in real life um, know that up until like the past year or so I was living broke, like broke, broke y'all. Like I was the person that didn't look cute. I was the person that like, didn't, you know, have certain things and whatever, but over time people will watch her glow up, up close and from a distance. And then they'll be like, Oh, I see why she was doing that. Like if you're in college, who are you trying to impress? Like you're there to get a degree. You're there to make friends. You're not there to, it's not a fashion show. Go to, go to class. Even if you just got to put on some sweats, at least you went to class. Some people don't even go, (laughs) you know, like, and that was my mindset and it wasn't popular. It's not cute. Obviously the guys weren't checking for me, but long-term, I think it did help me, you know, not having a car because my parents sold my car. They bought me one. I never used it. Then they sold it, but I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Just saying I was kind of messed up, but yeah, like I didn't have a car. So I had to walk everywhere. And it's ha ha ha, you know, I think somebody actually used to make fun of me. It was a, it was usually black people. Ha ha ha, you know, you don't have a car. Ha ha ha, I saw you walking on the side of the road. It's like, yeah, because I'm poor. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm not poor. I'm poor. I'm sorry, I'm poor. Like, I have no family support. Sorry, sorry. I have to work. Like, I have to, you know, I have to work. I have to be an RA to have a, a place to live, to go to school. Like, I'm sorry, I'm poor. But so are you. <laughs> I'm just acting like it. And of course I was depressed, but I think when people had cars that they couldn't afford to get maintenance on, I was walking to work. I was walking and taking the bus because that's all I could afford. And it kept me skinny. It kept me physically fit because I would walk so much and burn so many calories. (laughs) I like, it got to a point where it was like, okay, like, yeah, I had to walk, but I didn't gain that freshman 15. You did. I didn't. I was walking. Yeah, I wasn't popular and certainly didn't have cute clothes and I wasn't going clubbing. Wasn't spending money I didn't have. That's okay, though. Because three years later, where am I at? Three years later, what do I do for a living? What do you do for a living? You see the difference? And I'm not trying to flex. I'm not trying to even brag. I'm just saying 
Sometimes there's hidden costs to the decisions that you make. And as an adult, you have to really look at yourself objectively and be like, what am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to live like no one else is living to get to a better situation? Because pain is short term. And when I look at like all the decisions I've had to make in life and I realize how hard I had it, like I had it unnecessarily hard, y'all. Like I unnecessarily hard at times. I'm like, it didn't have to be this bad. Somebody could have helped. But bigger picture, I see now that like those were moments that taught me something. And I feel like the discomfort of not trying to live like other people and make it seem like you're doing great financially and that everyone should envy you. You're not the life of the party. Yeah, you got to work hard. Yeah, you got to study when everybody else is playing. Yeah, you have to start a business and do things that other people aren't doing instead of wasting time, instead of going clubbing. Yeah, I don't live in a major city, so I don't get to do the things that other young people in their 20s are doing. But now I have the ability to travel and see the world and live super cheaply. And most people don't have that experience. Everything comes with pros and cons. And now I'm like, now that I'm upright, I'm up right now. And I'm still living broke. Because <laughs> like, I'm up. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I got so used to living super cheap and being super broke and really being humble. Like that humbled me, right? If you want to, um, if you want to learn about life, Watch who actually cares about you and who's actually your friend when you don't have anything to offer them because you're that broke and you're food insecure. Watch who's actually your friend. Watch who actually has your back. Watch those people and be like, see who is who sticks around. Because when you're up, you can look at those people and say, you were actually here for me for the right reasons. You were my friends for the right reasons. You were here because you understood that I had a vision and I had potential. I just had to actualize it. And those lessons that you learn. You take with you. Simply put, like, and you know, even now, sometimes I think you'd be surprised. I've actually broken out of the habit of being on DoorDash. I've broken my DoorDash addiction because it made me broke. I was spending so much time on DoorDash. And because I think the thing was, when you finally have all this disposable income and you're like, oh my God, I have an extra $300 a month. It immediately goes to nonsense. And so I was spending a lot on DoorDash and it was making me overweight and broke. So I stopped cold turkey and it's super hard, right? And now it's helpful because I eat canned soup. I'm going back to the basics, canned soup. I'm eating canned vegetables. I'm making stuff in the crock pot, which is just like vegetable soup when it's warm and drinking lots of tea and drinking lots of water because I don't feel like I've earned the right to have some soda because <laughs> it's like girl like you got you got pre-diabetes be so fucking for real the last thing you need is a cup of soda but yeah like I think once you are humbled by life a little bit and you start to see that some of the things that you think are important aren't really that important And you get in the habit of making sacrifices. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it could even be embarrassing. But it's also part of breaking out the matrix in general. And those lessons you take with you. So it's it's harder for me now to go order DoorDash because I'm looking at the prices. And I'm like, girl, please, $30 for a plate of food? I could hook up a $3 can of soup and call it a day. (laughs) And it would bust down (laughs) with, with some seasoning. And do. <laughs> I'm not above no canned soup. 
I'm not above it. Because the, the canned soup still hits if you know how to season food. So just add you some rice, some rice with some canned soup and then get you some vegetables. You have a healthy meal. And it's not perfect, but it's way better than like fast food and fried stuff, you know? And it's like, I only think like this because I had to sacrifice a lot. And it, it makes you reprioritize. And the last thing I was going to say, um, it was a point that I was going to make thing. I had it and then I lost it, y'all. I had it, then I lost it. Oh, well. But y'all get the point. So, I don't know. I I hope this kind of helps you. I don't know who needed to hear this and like hear my honesty about how I live. And it's not glamorous. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Like you're probably not going to see me do like TikToks in my apartment. Things in my apartment that just make sense. I'm not going to do that. I don't want anyone to stalk me. So it's just not going to happen. But then also, (laughs) I just, I don't know. Like I know the way I live is not aesthetically pleasing. I have basic apartment furniture, nothing special, nothing aspirational at all. It would not get views and it's not worth the time. And I don't really know how I feel about monetizing my private life anyway. Like, like it's like monetizing my relationship. Like, why would I do that? That's such a weird thing to do. So yeah, unfortunately it's not aesthetically pleasing, but it is mine. It's a real life um, that I enjoy and I've made certain sacrifices to get where I am. And I think that if I want to improve myself in life, I'm going to continue to have to make sacrifices. And, you know, unfortunately, some of the sacrifices might probably be that I won't live in a high cost of living city until I can share that expense with a partner. Ooh, I know, I know, but it's true. What business do I have in a high rise paying $2,000 a month? I'm I'm not even 30. I don't really think that's necessary. Um, so yeah, um, that might be the sacrifice. Spending my 20s in an area that I don't necessarily love, but I can live like most people aren't living because I can save like most people aren't saving. Um, and yeah, in order to travel next year, I have two trips. One trip planned to Indonesia for New Year's Eve for 2023. And then I have a a European tour planned in June for my birthday. Now, there's also a huge thing I have planned coming up next year that's not those two things, but that one's kind of up in the air. I'm still planning it and talking to my friends about it and like strategizing on this. And if it actually goes down, then I'll let y'all know because y'all will see the content. You will see the content and it's fun. It's about to eat, but I just got to make sure it's actually going to happen. Anyway, but yeah, like I can only afford that because I had to look at the prices and and figure out how to get the best deals and then ultimately decide what I'm willing to spend the money on. What I'm not spending on DoorDash and I'm eating canned food (laughs) and like I live in a not, you know, fun area where it's like nightlife and young people doing things and, you know, I understand that that is what it is. I'm not living in a place with, you know the most modern of uh, appliances, but I'm also able to travel. So it's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a trade-off. Like I had to l- really look at myself and say, maybe this is the sacrifice that you're being called to make in this season. And my fr- one of my friends, she is so smart. She told me that like, I need to spend my 20s investing in experiences that matter so I can become a fully 
fleshed out person. And she was like, don't be embarrassed to live in your parents' house. Don't be embarrassed to live broke. Don't be embarrassed to like scrimp and save. And if you have to be on EBT, so be it. Don't be embarrassed to coupon because you're in your 20s. Everybody's broke. Like stop looking at influencers. Influencers are not real reality. Like some of them are sex workers. No shade. They just are. So it's not your reality. Like they're, they're getting money how they're getting money. That's not you though. The average 20 year old is not doing that stuff. So understand that everyone, everyone, everyone's kind of broke, but like strategically, you can use that to your advantage in your 20s in a way that you can't in your 30s. So if you're in your 20s, now's the time to get the education, get the experiences. If you can afford to travel, great. If you can't, that's totally fine. But then understand that it's going to cost you something. So whatever you put money towards, you're, you're not taking that money and putting it towards something else. So remember, if all you have is just paying your bills and you don't have money to go to fancy places and you don't have money to buy all the clothes that you want, you're normal. If you're not making at least 15K to 20K a month, you are broke, sis. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine to be broke. I would say noble. I'm going to say it. I, I think that like if you're looking at money and you're looking at how everyone else is making money and you're like, oh, my God, everyone else is rich on social media. They're like less than 15 percent of the population. That's not the average person. The average person is not posting. The average person is not influencing like you're fine. <laughs> There's nobility in being broke. It there is. I'm going to say it. I think that like We need to take our power back from these corporations who are trying to convince you that there's something wrong with being poor, that there's, you know, something evil or wrong, that you're less hardworking, less noble, less of a good person, and you don't have good work ethic just because you don't have money. That's not true. And some of y'all are going to get so like, ooh, y'all are going to try to tussle with me about this, but I promise you, when you think about the fact that at least 90% of us are the working poor, then it doesn't make sense to buy into the narrative that like, because you make like $70,000 a year that you can afford to ball out. And that means something. It doesn't mean anything. You're the working poor. Like you, you are one paycheck away from being homeless. That's you. And that's cool. That's totally fine. It's not your fault half the time. But then just be realistic about your expectations and, and look at the money that you're spending and, and manage it appropriately. And besides, most of us are in our 20s anyway. Like, it's acceptable to be broke anyway. It's people know that we're just trying to figure our life out. No one's expecting you to have it all figured out or be perfect or live lavishly. No one expects that from you. So I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your situation is like. But if you needed someone to comfort you and let you know that like you're you're fine, wherever you're at in life, even if you don't have a car, even if you don't have a license and, and you've never had a boyfriend and you don't go to parties and whatever, you're fine. You're fine. Okay? Don't even worry about it. We all out here struggling in one way or another. All right. I hope this uh, was a good uh, podcast episode for you and I hope you got something out of it. As always, please rate my podcast five stars because you love it that much. And feel free to share this with a friend, a coworker, a a whoever, your pet. I don't know. Share it with them and give me your thoughts. You can DM me on Instagram at it's more than potential. DM me and let me know your thoughts. And if you want me to cover a different topic. All right. 
that's it for now. Talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.